Hey yo, let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Weebcast, the number one anime and manga show on the internet with the host with the most, if I must say so myself, C-Dub. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Your fearless leader is back at it again with another episode with you. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying these last few episodes, especially the Spy Family Review. I really enjoyed writing that one up. Definitely love doing that one, um, putting that out there. And I hope you liked. I hope you guys enjoyed my last two episodes with with my boy um, Chris. Um, not only that he shared my name, but he shared a lot of different things um, in terms of um, just an anime opinions and some of the things we like um, out of in anime and just in life in general from drinks to snacks and um, views and, and, and a lot of different things. So um, not only I enjoyed our conversation with him, um, we're definitely going to do more episodes together. Um, whether it, whether it be on his cat on his show, on his podcast, which he should have plugged um, at the end of one of the episodes. And, um, and if, and I should, if I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm recording this at a, you know, a different time. So when this when this certain episode goes up and I do not have his stuff plugged on those previous episodes, let me know. Um, otherwise, Chris will probably let me know and I'll get that to you because I definitely want to get that out in the ether. Um, but for today, we have a lot of cool things we're going to be doing um, today. And I mean, and I, when I mean a lot, I mean, um, it's just going to be pretty much just one thing mainly. And if you can't tell by the title. I'm doing everything. Uh, Promise Neverland. That's going to be the theme for today. Promise Neverland. Um, I'm going to kind of, and I'm going to be splitting this up into three main things, mainly two main things, and I have a little something in the middle for you guys to digest a little bit about. Um, but you know, before I get how, before I get into how this episode is going to be going down, let me explain to you what you're just what you're listening to around you listen to Weebcast number one anime and manga show around what you can listen to on on pretty much any major podcasting. Uh, platform there there's that there's out there and you can listen to me on apple podcast google podcast uh spotify iHeartRadio, overcast uh wherever you get it, like me too you can leave and listen to me on anchor if you if you so well please um but i like to go through each week i like to do something different whether i have a guest i'm going through, through the news and we have a topic talk about an anime um or whether you just get me my just you just get seed up himself and he gets to talk the news with you um, do a topic, talk an anime, and I kind of give just my personal thoughts and feelings today. And that's what kind of what this episode is going to be about. It's going to be all thing, every all everything, Promise Neverland, and I'm going to be talking about, um, I'm going to be talking about season one of Promise Neverland, and I'm going to kind of get you prepped and ready for season two, um, when that airs in January of 2021. Um, and then I'm going to go right into, I'm going to talk about a little about the Amazon series. The Amazon Prime um, live action series and why I think it could be a great thing. And then lastly, I'm going to talk about the Promised Neverland ending because it had end, it has ended. And by the time this episode comes out, it's uh, it's going to be at least three weeks, I believe, since this ha- since the manga has ended. And I'm going to be talking about my thoughts. Not sure if they're controversial or not. And I'm and I've hinted at this in previous episodes before. Um, so if you guys have been listening carefully over these last few weeks, then you probably know what my feelings on 
on the ending. And if you've rather you've seen, I might have even talked about it on Twitter, I believe. Um, but um, you're gonna hear my thought. I'll give you a little taste that I, I, it, I'll, t- I'll talk about the downfall of the manga. I'll leave it at that. Um, but for now, we're gonna get right into the show because I definitely want to start. I definitely want to get you guys caught up for season two on this on this um, on this very very good, very entertaining show. Promise Neverland, and basically give you what you need to know for you. So when um, the second season comes out um, next year, um, I mean January 2021 is I you know less than a, less than a half a year away to be honest, or just about half a half a year away. Um, but I'm gonna I have a little rundown for the anime's first season and what we can expect season two based on the manga. Um, like I said, everything in this episode. Uh, since it's about Promised Neverland, it's going to be spoilers. Um, so, for those anime watchers um, who've just maybe who have just seen the first season, um, and those from the manga who have seen around where the first season kind of ends in the manga, this this first half of the podcast is for you. Um, definitely stick around. Let me. I'll go through the plot of the first season and what we can expect in season two and how and how I think that'll proceed. Definitely stick around for that. Um, when I get into the second half of the episode of the podcast of the show, when I talk about the manga, I'm going to talk about the ending. So you might want to dip out for that. Catch up on the uh, manga, which you can read on the Shonen Jumps um, app. You can read it on the app and you can read it online for free. At least the last chapter. I know you can read the last chapter for free as well. Um, but if you subscribe to Shonen Jump, which I highly recommend that you do, you can read the, every single chapter on there um, digitally. Um... But I guess I should start with the plot. So I, I'll start with the plot. In 2045, a group of orphans are, are raised at Gracefield House by a caretaker. Um, the children study hard, they eat well, and they live pretty much happy lives. While the children are happy and consider each other family, they still look forward to the day that they are adopted. One by one, the children are adopted and never seen again. One night, two of the children, Emma and Norman, chase after one of the adopted children and find out the sinister reality about their adoption. That they're not being adopted at all. They're actually being eaten by demons. The shocking truth leads them to basically concoct this plan to escape Gracefield and the demons that want to eat them. Um, in a nutshell. Um, now, for, so for this, I want to do for the characters. Um, there, there are a lot of characters in the series, but I'll focus on just the, on the main ones and the ones that the series focus on the most. And basically, and I'll just do the three main characters. Um, Emma, you have Emma. Emma's considered the, the main protagonist of the story. She's extroverted. She's very caring. Um, more athletically inclined than the other two main characters that I'll um, go over. And she's quite the motherly... She's really quite the motherly figure towards the younger children due to the fact that she helps them she helps watch over the children in grace field um and she's really kind of a goofball as well um she could be serious at, at times but she definitely has a really goofy side to her as well um norman uh, another another secondary main character he's uh he's really he's the much the opposite he's of, of emma at least very introverted calculative 
a math prodigy. Um, he unfortunately suffers from a weak immune system, and so which um, gets him very sick very often. Um, but that doesn't stop him from planning out uh, his victories, you know, delicately and stuff. And, and what he lacks in the physical capabilities, he makes up for in his supreme strategies. Um, but he's very hard-headed, and he's v- and always determined to see his plans through, even if it costs him, even if it costs him dearly. Um, and the, the third character I really wanted to talk about real quick, it was Ray, uh, another secondary main character. He's similar to Norman and being introverted and calculative, but Ray is more sociable and and he's witty, a tad cynical. Uh, and Ray really has no issue with speaking his mind and letting other people around him have, you know, pretty much given it to them when he when he when he deems necessary um especially when people when other characters put themselves in danger Ray's there to (laughs) speak up about it and um he's always 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 looking out for people um and thinks what's and and he's really selfless to be honest um and he and you could you could tell that I'll, I'll get into that as well as later but he's always thinking about what's best for others um but season one because I want to get into season one. Because um, in the first season, we're introduced to Grace Field House. And there's 38 children and the caretaker, Isabella. The The children live happily, you, you know, or they, they seem to be living, living pretty happily in the orphanage. They eat well. They play a lot. They have great relationships with one another. Um, however, through all this, they, they still have the dream, the hope to be adopted eventually into a loving home. Um, but one night a child is adopted and I think the child goes by Connie and she leaves her bunny behind and Emma takes it upon herself to deliver, deliver it to Connie, even though she's not really allowed to leave the house. Um, Norman follows her and when, when Norman and, uh, uh, Emma arrive at the gates of hell of Gracefield, almost called it hell, really weird, but they notice a cart. And they look inside and they find that it's Connie's fresh corpse. Um, and Emma and Norman, they see demons come out and talk about the quality of Connie's corpse. And the, the duo here realizes that the adoption is just a euthanism for, for death. Um, they make it back to Gracefield. And right then and there, they're, they're already planning their escape um, into the unknown and escape from Gracefield House. Um, Ray figures out the duo's hiding something from the from him, um, and he imagine he ma- he eventually manages to get them to tell the truth, um, so Ray can also help plan the escape. Um, and in planning the escape, it, it proves to be a little more difficult than what the trio expected. Obviously, you know Isabella is under the suspicion that a group of the children know the truth. Um, and brings in Sister Crone and to help the children from escaping. Um, the children then find them, find out that in addition to the numbers um, tattooed on their necks, they also have trackers in their ears. Uh, and the children begin to use playtime as a means to unknowingly prepare the children for the escape in the future. But, you know, however, Sister Crone joins in and manages to catch everyone, practically everyone except Norman and Ray. Um, 
And this raises suspicions amongst the trio, given the fact that they all have trackers. Um, Sister Chrome should have found all the children with no problem. Therefore, the trio concludes that there's that there's somehow somewhere within the, the, the close knit group that a traitor, a traitor, someone within uh, is within the group. And uh, Norman kind of lays out this trap to catch the traitor. Um, and this includes uh, telling two other children, um, I believe Dawn and Gilda, about the uh, demons and using them as informants to uh, catch the traitor. Um, it is revealed, though. To be Ray, who reveals he only did it because he knew the truth uh, long before Emma and Norman. And he wanted to live as long as he could. So he cut a deal with Isabella and became an informant in order to survive. Um, And I believe right after that, Norman convinces Ray to switch sides. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So when you think of podcasting, what do you think of? Or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And help with their plans to escape. Um, now, moving on. Emma, you, I think that then uh, the, the next big thing, I guess you could say, is Emma finds a book. And that it talks about um, bunkers on the outside for humans escaping the farms. And Norman and Ray about and he, I think, and he tells Norman and Ray about it. Um, Dawn and Gilda begin to sneak around the house and find the toys that belong to the adopted children. Um, and the two realize that their friends were, were killed. Um, Dawn and Gilda join the trio in, in their plan to escape the house. However, however, Sister Crone, you know, Sister Crone always has her own agenda. Um, and she wants to she wants to become the main caretaker and proposes alliance with the group. And I thought this was really cool. This I thought this was a I don't know if you want to call it a twist, but I do thought it was a definitely it was an unlikely moment I, and something I didn't expect. Um, and it's really cool to see someone of her age to be conspiring with these with these um, with these orphans like this. Um, but I think Isabella finds out about Crone's double cross and quickly disposes her. Um, she even then tells Ray that their agreement is off the table, thus splitting off that that, that you know the, the informant and relationship she had he had with with Isabella um, and then Gracefield House's operations. Um, and then she pretty much um, just breaks Emma's leg and ships Norman out for adoption. So, so two, two months after uh, Norman was adopted, Ray and Emma remain in completely devastated states. Their plans failed. Um, Norman was put out for adoption. And now Ray is going to be shipped out for adoption as well. 
Um, but however, Emma and Ray haven't given up on escaping just quite yet. Because before Ray is scheduled to leave, Emma reveals that uh, she had Dawn and Gilda um, plan, you know, prepare for their escape because Isabella was too focused on her and Ray. Uh, Emma also reveals that she changed the plan only to have the 15 older children escape because they're uh, they're at higher risk of being adopted than the uh, younger children. Um, and then proceed to take out the caretaker, their take out their trackers, set Gracefield on fire, and make Isabella and make Isabella think the demon's next meal, you know, and the demon's next meal, Ray, uh, died in the fire. Meanwhile, the older children make their escape, um, leaving the young ones behind, um, and they vow to return to them in three years' time. Um, it was crazy, 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 crazy first season. Um, this episode isn't really, I mean, this, ep- this, uh, this episode isn't really such a review of the first season, but I did want to just at least give you on the rundown on what kind of happens in the first season. Um, and since season one ends with the children escaping Gracefield, it is safe to assume that the next season is going to start with the aftermath of those actions. Um, they are also in uncharted territory now. Um, and so this next season is going to be full of surprises, um, for the characters and the viewers alike. Um, what we know is that the manga depicts the children facing off against some interesting characters, learning about the outside world, um, and then the history of the world that they live in. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure season two is confirmed to have 24 episodes. Um, but besides that, there's very little information as to what studio will adapt, uh, these 24 episodes to screen. Um, and which is what, and when I, when I finish them, I definitely gonna have to talk about it in a future episode. Cause I'm interested in, cause I really quite liked the animation of the first season. Um, but I'm definitely not adverse to of having of another studio pick up in the second season and see it in a different style. Um, cause I've already talked about it in a previous episode, uh, in my spy family volume one review. And I talked a little about the attack on Titan and its final season being done by studio Mappa instead so um it could be a good thing you know i don't want people to be scared of seeing a different animation for an anime a beloved anime like this um but where can you watch this where can you watch season one of promised neverland um it's really easy to watch promised neverland like i said it's only 12 episodes and you can find it on like i at least for me i watched it on hulu but you can find it on hulu crunchyroll verb funimation and netflix in thailand i believe um and also, I'm pretty sure you can watch it on Toonami as well, if you have cable. I almost forgot about that. Um, now, now, for because now onto something that's a little more divisive. At least, we're going to start and get into more divisive territory, at least, is what I probably should say. Um, and that's going to be the Amazon's Promised Neverland live-action series. And why I think it could possibly be great um now when you hear anime and live action the usual (laughs) the usual and um reactions negative and very little positivity in it usually the ugh or the why or no one's gonna watch that shit that kind of thing um but both variety and deadline reported i believe june 10th earlier this month um, that Amazon may be planning a 
the promised land live action series um and whatever your opinion on the enterprise may be this is this is undoubtedly big news um because kalu shirai's and pasuka's demizu's fantasy thriller series has been a phenomenal phenomenal success for weekly shonen jump and um and now one of the biggest companies in the world is taking interest um Yet for many fans, like I said, there's and I, there's going to be a lot of trepidation for this, uh, which is undoubtedly and entirely understandable. We've had our hands burned so many, so many times over and over again, years after years of subpar animations and disrespectful re- approaches. And one of the most recent examples that comes to mind is, and I mean, not for myself, I will say this for others, because this is from what other people, people I've talked to on the show and and not on the show. People, the most recent example is Netflix 2016 Death Note movie starting William Defoe's Ryuk, um, which completely, I will say, even and for someone who's thought the movie was somewhat of enjoyable one to watch, um, it completely missed the point of ta- uh, of Sugumi uh, Oba's and uh, Takashi Obata's original story and transformed it into an pretty much an edgy teen romance drama. But the Promised Neverland Live series could be actually different. And um, I'm going to tell you why right now. Pasuka Demuzu's uh, realistic aesthetic. Um, one of the reasons why many, including myself, lament the Western media industry's constant obsession with producing live action adaptation is because not everything works in that medium. Uh, for example... Another series in development is the live-action series for Irichiro Oda's One Piece. Um, the prospect, to, pretty much, the prospect of trying to convert Oda's wild, cartoonish action to the real world doesn't exactly fill me with too much excitement. To use a uh, to use a famous phrase, the medium is the message. Um, ne- nevertheless. The leap from manga to live action could be made easier in the case of the Promised Neverland just because of its realistic aesthetic. Um, of course, there are things that appear in this series that aren't real, such as monsters and demons, but artists uh, Demizu's style, on the whole, could be described as realistic. As a result, the more realistic design of the series world and action and characters could work quite well in live action. Um, the next reason why I think a live-action adaptation of The Promised Neverland could work is because of The Promised Neverland's mainstream appeal. And if we look at this from a business point of view, it already makes sense for Amazon to turn The Promised Neverland into a live-action series. Um, one of the reasons why adaptations are so prevalent in film and TV industries across the world is precisely because they have a proven track record and presenting less of a risk for a studio or and an investor. Uh, and in this sense, The Promised Neverland is an obvious choice. Not only has it surpassed 20 million volume sales in Japan, its English volume regularly um, enters in the top 20. Um, but The Promised Neverland is suited for live action in more ways than simply for profit. In fact, it, it 
there has always been a strong similarity between author Shirai's story and the king of young adults, young, you know, young adult novels that are found in the West. A strong female protagonist, kids fighting against evil adults, overthrowing old the old system and replacing it with a new one. You starting to see what I'm getting at? Anyone who has any experience with these young adult novels will know what I'm talking about. And, you know, and I don't envy them. Nor would I be the first one to make, you know, would I be, I'm obviously I'm not the first one to make that point, but no doubt Amazon is fully aware of these two facts alone. Um, it's mainstream appeal and how realistic it's drawn and how, how, um, seriously the subject matter is taken. Um, nevertheless, these two points prove that if it executed right, this could be actually something special. And can set the pace and set the turn to um, adapt certain series with a closer eye. And start adapting series similar to Promise Neverland. Um, and start, you know, right, you know, start critically thinking about which series need to be live actioned. Um, it, you know, all I'm saying, I think it could be something special. Or at the very least, I think it'll be better than the Netflix's Death Note. At least. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls, to your favorite, the absolute best, if I do so say myself, the one and only, we cast the number one anime and manga show on the internet, and here is your, your host with the most, C Dub, make sure you guys stand up and hit that weeb cast salute, goddamn. That feels good. It feels good. Uh, welcome to the other half of my Promise Neverland episode. Um, in the beginning, I talked a little bit about um, just the first season. And what do you guys need to know to get ready for yourselves in January 2021? When the second season of Promise Neverland drops on on everybody and astonishes people. Um... And I kind of went over the plot. I went over the characters. God damn it. I even went over the pl- uh, the the events of season one. In a pretty, I, I'd say in a pretty detailed way, if I do so say myself. Um, shit, I, I think, I'm pretty sure I even let you guys know where you guys can watch it. Um, and if you didn't, if you didn't, I, let me remind you guys. It's only 12 episodes. Real easy grind. Um... Ain't nothing too heavy. You guys can get it get it through easily, super easily. And the episodes run by super fast. Um, it's just one of those shows where you watch one or two, and you're kind of just um, you're kind of just on a roll. And um, it's it's simply amazing. And another show that kind of does that, and um, I think that show doesn't that show doesn't go live. But I talk a little bit about this when um, in my uh, Bacano kind of episode which you'll probably be seeing that next Friday actually and I got a and I got an awesome guest with that a very awesome German guest and uh, we're gonna talk we're gonna talk some all things Bacchano but we don't have to talk about that right now because we're talking about Promised Neverland 
Um, anywhere you can watch it, you can watch that the 12, all 12 episodes of the first season on Hulu, Crunchyroll, Verve, Funimation. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's being dubbed, and I'm pretty sure you can watch it on Toonami as well. Dubbed. Um, I watched it on Funimation now, which I do. I still think is probably one of the better anime streaming services right out right now. I love it so much. Um, but on the second half, oh no, actually, I also talked about the Amazon uh, Prime series live action series and I talked about how that I think it could actually be a really good series and I think and I talked about three or two major things um why I think it could be a success you know um and real quick I talked about I think the um I think um the authors uh, Posuka's realistic aesthetic in the show uh and the mainstream appeal those two things I think lend itself to a to a possibly a very very good live action um production um would I put money on it see that's another conversation you're gonna have to speak privately with me about that one but I want to get into a little bit about the manga and this is not really going to be a manga review because you probably by this time I think when this episode drops it's already been it's already been about almost a month since or getting close to a month as since the manga's ended and you don't need me to you don't need me to review the manga for you um there's a lot of people out there already doing that and so you um you can probably hit me up on twitter if you want to find that out who's doing those things i just want to talk about at least on this second half is something i've been feeling over the last year or so over the well, it hasn't been a year i guess it's been about less over the last eight months seven months of me reading Promise Neverland and noticing this decline in just quality, energy, and just the inconsistencies and indecision in the in their final stretch. Um, I'm not sure how much I talked about it on Twitter. I may have posted it once or twice because I really don't like the. I don't like the, I don't bash things just for no reason. You know, I'm not anti-Twitter. I just don't say things are goat. I don't say things are trash just for the funds of it. If I'm going to call something pretty trash, best believe I, there was a damn good reason why. And if I'm going to say something's goat, you best believe I got, I got, I got pages. I got nine, 10 pages in the back with information and reasons why. Uh, but hashtag Detective Cone is still the goat. Um, hashtag One Piece Still top 30, though. But moving on. <laughs> moving on. Kayu Shirai's and Posuka Demitsu's Promise Neverland uh, came to an end, obviously, as you all know, in Weekly Shonen Jump um, about three weeks ago. Um, and after 181 chapters, about 20 collected volumes, and so far one anime series, um, and four years of serialization, I think about four years, it's crazy to think about. This has only been serialized for four years. Um, the story of Emma and Norman and the children of Gracefield has simply awed and inspired millions of fans across this world. Um, but the Promised Neverland ending has not been greeted with universal acclaim. Um, in reality, a sign of a series slow decline over many years. Um, 
like I said, this this side of the this side of the show will have contain a little bit more spoilers because I will not be talking about events just from the anime, but events from the the manga. Um, so you are warned right here. Um, do I have to play a bell or sound production? Can you put a sound or something? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Did that work? Ah, hell if I know. Any, in any case, there will be no doubt. Some out there who enjoyed The Promised Neverland and its and its ending, um, and will love the series with all their you know with all their heart. To those people, we say, you know, to the people here at Weebcast, as I look to nobody, um, as I look to myself. <laughs> great, love what you love. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Um, Changing your opinion just because someone disagreed with you is the worst form of peer pressure. And that isn't something I uh, want to encourage. But but, but I still think there are several, several problems with the with Promise Neverland, not only with this, just the series, but with its ending that are worth mm, spotlighting, spotlighting, Um, especially at the higher ups over at Shueisha. No doubt, look to repeat um, its success. Um, perhaps the main problem stems from the simple fact that the series was so, 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 so good at the beginning. Instead of bowing to industry pressure and conforming to the usual battle manga formula, it really stuck to its guns and delivered a mystery thriller story with just a hint of horror that made that made it stood out among the crowded shonen landscape. Um, this was what garnered a lot of attention for the for the series upon its debut. Um, but also bound to make all subsequent arcs look bad in comparison. Um, nevertheless, The Promised Neverland's gradual decline was, was not an inevitability. You know, nothing really ever is. But we can, I can still kind of point to some of the key moments... Um, in the story's progression that I felt was instrumental in kind of bringing this disappointing and um, that we saw that we read and I'm going to start with I'm going to start with that with the issue of um, Norman's redemption this was this was sort of bound to happen eventually Um, given the series' young demographic um but the fact that the character simply returned to normal following the climax of the um, the Imperial Capital battle arc um, always struck me as anticlimactic, you know. And instead of dealing with the implications of the character's previous turn towards villainy, the story simply preferred to discard them outright. Um, another mistake was I thought in my mind was that it focused too much on the demon characters and left the human characters out of the picture for a little, little for a little too long um, and again this was bound to happen again as just because just the story how it naturally was tending towards answering some of the questions of the audiences um, that they've been you know questioning for for a while you know how does this world function? 
Um, how did this social structure, how did this world came to be as it is? Um, but there was definitely too much of emphasis on court intrigue and interclan politics in the run-up and the during of the Imperial Capital Battle Arc. Um, and I should say, just for posterity, that not everything following the series as bombastic beginning was flawed or inherently flawed. Um, indeed, you know, indeed the uh, the um, search for Minerva arc was just as wonderfully fraught with tension and uh, well thought out discovery as the initial um, jailbreak one. And the Goldie Pond arc was, I thought, was a magnificent evolution of the series' initial conflict. Um, but it is hard to describe the series as a success when only some of its arcs were worthwhile. Um, but here, I'll, I'll return to the Promise Neverland's ending proper, though. Um, nailing the ending is perhaps the one of the most important things to any story, in any genre, in any on any medium. Um, and without a proper, fulfilling ending... Everything that came before, you know, can seem a tad fruitless or pointless. Um, in this sense, although the series, uh, the series prior failures are important, the arcs leading directly to the series' ending are worth focusing on just as much. Um, the return to Gracefield arc should have been, by all accounts, should have been the series, like, um victory lap um and I kind of want to I'm trying to think of one of the chapters that that kind of brought that in there because I what was that chapter do I have that written down actually promise neverland chapter 167 um and it was one of the first chapters it was one of the few chapters that I was highly anticipating the return to Gracefield. I thought it'd be something. I thought it would something that would rival. It's the early success that Promise Neverland had. Um, and the series at the time was performing well around that one chapter, chapter one sixty seven time. Um, in regards to storytelling, I at that time it was there was really no other better time to pick up and catch up to Promise Neverland. Because it was just entering its... It was getting closer to the final arc. Um, and by one, chapter 167, we were kind of seeing how much potential that final arc is going to cement this series up upon one of the Shonen... You know, one of the weekly Shonen Jump grades, you know? Because um, we just... Before that, that, you know, before the return of Grace, re, the Gracefield, we learned a few chapters back before that, that Peter uh, Ratsry was, like, holding all the various farm cap escapees captive at the Gracefield house um, Emma and friends and and make that daring decision to take over their old home and they use all the intelligence and cunning that marked them as a high grade meat in the first place in their battle against demons and eventually leading them into a dead end where they uh, overwhelm them all at once um, and just seeing the kids outsmart the demons in that chapter 167 despite their comparative lack of numbers and physical weakness is was a was a joy to see 
Um, and it fit nicely with the series overall theme with the kids versus adults. And it, which another thing which I feel like is going to tie is which is going to which it could make the live action series great because we've seen that theme in Western movies and comics for decades. Um, and why it seems to have such an appeal over in America, uh, this, this, this show and the manga. Um, but, you know, that wasn't the only thematic parallel in that chapter. Um, you know, returning to where it all started, the Gracefield House, um, for the end, you know, it's a classic narrative structure. Um, but it works well in it. I thought it worked well in that chapter, in that case, Um, especially considering we haven't seen them in such a setting for such a long time at that point, you know, seeing Emma and his friends grown up in their childhood home in turn showed us how far they've come since that great beginning. Um, nevertheless, you know, the games of the tag, they, they played as kids initially for fun, but ex- eventually for escape training, um, still came in handy. Um, you know, it's just kind of spelling out some of that thematic parallels in that return to Gracefield, you know, as we, you know, it was delivering some good action, uh, which made that chapter 167 so entertaining, you know, and just the, why that in return to Gracefield arc as a whole was, was, was entertaining. Um, you know, I, I mean, the jury is out for the last, for those last two arcs, you know, the, the seven wall, the, that's the other arc I was going to do other than the, uh, the Imperial Capital battle arc and the seven and the seven walls arc, you know, you know, but, you know, I kind of quite, quite kind of found myself and I'm going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later, but those arcs were a little bit boring, a little bit boring, a little bit of snooze fest. Um, Look, we passed. We, I, I hate to sugarcoat things, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start now, because, <laughs> um, like I said, they focus a little too much on the politics of the demon world and Norman's redemption. And I mean, it was obvious from the very beginning that Norman would eventually come back to the light. And I think it, that wasn't. I don't think that was the case. I don't think anybody was shocked by that. Um, you know, Emma's always right, stringing out the drama for so long. Then. Wasn't maybe exactly a good move. Um, but that that's that was and that was the but that and that was, see the return of Grace World was supposed to be a victory lap. Not only was it just the final confrontation between the kids and the demons, it was just a nice return to the series place of origin in the form of Gracefield House. Uh, but if you were also expecting a return to form. And to form the greatness and what made this manga so great in the beginning, then you're going to be a little bit disappointed. You know, I thought and I think objective, you could be objectively disappointed about it. And I think one of the problems started when it became clear that uh, Peter uh, Ratchery, after so many chapters of buildup, so many chapters of interference, wasn't really quite as threatening as he might have once appeared. Kind of a wet bag. Um, you know, instead of acting like that sinister mastermind, we thought he really came across as a sniveling crybaby. <laughs> and who fled at the, you know, the first sign of danger. And Emma was able to defeat him kind of with, with incredible ease, you know, as he simply killed himself once it became clear that he can no longer win. Um, 
and that's not even the biggest problem. If I if I had to if I had to rank these, because by far the biggest problem, I think came in chapter one seventy eight, and if it wasn't already obvious enough that the promise of land was shaping up for a disappointing ending, then this chapter made it crystal clear. Um, and let me not. Uh, I'm gonna divert. I'm gonna diverge a little bit in here. Um. It's crazy how many sport, how how sports, you can, how many connections to the world you can make with sports, because sports is a lot, of, especially the major sport leagues. Since it's based on just skill and, um, and on a, on a certain meritocracy, <clears throat> people show their true colors a lot easier. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you you can see signs of when a team. I was like, oh, that they're not going to do so well in the playoffs. Or, you know, the way they're playing right now, that's not going to be very fruitful for them near the end of the season, things like that. You, there's always signs that leads up very small, very small, almost vi- some of them clearer than others um, that, that kind of show themselves in flashes. And, you know, things can be going well. And then there's a oop, flash, little oopsie. But people write those off just because it was predecessed with uh, you know it was good things came before it and so they just kind of write it off but chap- that was and, and that's the, what the point I'm trying to make with, chap- with chapter 178 because as it turned out Emma had to give nothing in exchange for a new promise with him despite many chapters of build up and tension surrounding that very question um this was, this was quite rightfully a, what do you call it, a, a uh, cop out. Um, I should, let me I could dig let me dig chapter in that. Let me dig a little deeper in that. <laughs> chapter seven one seventy eight, right? Is that what I said? <sighs> and I hate, and I hate to continue with the negativity, but. I've and I'm not going to make no attempt to hide my distaste for the direction of the series at the and especially at that time. Um, I didn't really make. I should have tweeted a little bit more about it, but I wanted to be quite sensitive on it, you know. Because um, I, you know, because this chapter just kind of proved my point in the decline quality significantly over the last year and a half in that series. But this chapter definitely took the biscuit on this one, and. Um, Let me just let me just let me just get into the chapter. I got a little upset. We got a in chapter one seventy eight. We had a semblance of drama as Mon was attacked by a vengeful demon and subsequently died. Um, but if you thought this was unexpected twist of fate may carry over into this week's chapter, um, then you'd be surely mistaken. Because here, the author, uh, Kaiyu Shirai returns to the question of Emma's new promise with the mysterious hymn that has been hanging over the series ever since the Seven Walls arc, I believe. What might she have to give in return for a family's safe passage to the human world? Um, Her life? Her soul? Um, Her ability to perform alchemy? To take a leaf from Full Metal Alchemist's book? Not 
Not nothing. None of those three. Because it was absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. See, and and the kids' reaction to Emma's declaration uh, that there will be absolutely no price from them using the passageway that links the demon world and the human worlds perfectly sums up my own complete and utter incredulation as the mystery that's been hanging over the series for years now effectively comes to nothing. Um, it, it came to nothing. And what was what was the point of building it up so much if it was ultimately pointless? The fact that the passageway conveniently lies under Grace Fieldhouse almost feels inconsequential in the face of this. You know, and of course, I, I don't mean to discount the pressures of acting upon the series creators. Uh, I can't even begin to imagine how stressful it is to sketch out a satis- uh, you know, satisfactory ending to a series loved by 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 millions and you can make the argument that stretching out things any further by way of a tangent exploring the consequences of the promise would only create to serve you know to create more frustration and especially as the magazine has announced multiple times that the series was entering its final stages when chapter 178 came out um I don't know. And the thing is, I thought, you know, following chapter 178, I thought we would get some short snippets of what life is like in the human world. Um, as the kids wake up on the beach of a city and it kind of resembled New York. Um, but like I said, I, you know, even that I said, I think I wasn't going to hold my breath about it. Um, the series betrayed my expectations way too many times even when, before even 178 was dropped. Um... And I and I just kind of kept trudging, <laughs> trudging forward on on that one. Um, and that's why I called it the cop out. You know, that's, and uh, I wanted I wanted to bring that. And the things, although the subsequent chapters walked, you know, this development back. Um, the damage was already kind of done. Um, even if Emma had forced to sacrifice the memories of her family after all, this felt like more of a technicality than a planned development. Um, and the Promised Land's final chapter, 181, uh, then doubled down yet again by having Norman and company meet Emma in the human world. Certainly the fact that she lost their memories will mean that they will have to start from square one. But the Promised Neverland's ending still essentially resets on, resets the status quo. Everyone is happy. And that's the end. The big problem with the Promised Neverland's ending is that it completely lack it's lacking in pathos and payoff. And not only did everyone get what they want, they managed to do so without sacrificing anything in the process apart from characters like Hugo of course but the series' ending is also marked by the chronic indecision and inconsistency one minute Emma has to sacrifice nothing but then she has to sacrifice everything whether or not this was a conscious reaction to the fan backlash by the author Shirai is out of no idea I can't really speak to that 
but seems like unlikely give but seems unlikely given the chapters are prepared several weeks in advance though but in any case the promise neverland's ending and what it means for just weekly shonen jump yes it led it's left some fans bitterly disappointed such as myself it also serves as like an encapsulation of the series' decline over the years, as I explained. Contained with several key problems, as I you know I outlined before this, and on the on this basis, is it really fair to describe the series as one of the Weekly Shonen Jump's best? Is it really as good as Death Note, Madaka Box, or Assassination Classroom? That last example is kind of particularly salient, as it shows us to how to execute a good ending, stick to your guns, and have your characters lose something in order to succeed. Even though the ending was obvious from the very beginning, it worked because it had pathos and consistency. Um, and where does this leave Weekly Shonen Jump? Not only has it lost another one of its, uh, of its popular series, it also provides several key lessons Um, For the magazine. Namely, uh, don't let a series so focused on the story and narrative decline in terms of story and narrative. (laughs) But but that also but that such series could succeed if they have potential. And the key challenge in breaking away from the bottle manga formula, however, is maintaining a degree of quality and consistency. In any case, The Promised Neverland has now ended. Um, this is far from where see of Kayushirai and Posuka Demizu, or Demizu, Demizu series. Um, not only is the second season anime on its way, now, like I said, we're also getting a live-action movie and TV series. Um, and there were also several exciting projects announced in this week's... Uh, that of, I think it was that week's issue, I'm sorry, of... Weekly Shonen Jump, including the game with designs penned by the series artist uh, Demizu. Um, you can read, like, but like, you know, uh, you know let me just whew, calm down, Chris. But you can read The Promised Neverland and it's ending for free on Viz Media's Shonen Jump service, my favorite shonen, uh, manga service app ever. It's the Viz Media Series. You can read all kind, all your favorite uh, weekly Shonen Jump manga on there uh, with a low, low subscription cost. And you can get some, you get free chapters. So what's better than that? Um, but thank you for letting me listen. Thank you for listening to me, to me rant and rave. Mostly a little bit rant on <laughs> The Promised Neverland. Because um, it was a series fraught with so many good ideas from the beginning. And being executed so well in in story, narrative, and characters. And then over time, especially in the last year and a half, be fraught with so many weird decisions and inconsistencies that kind of just had a a long, steady decline that led to a very disappointing ending. Um, And I hope it just serves as 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 an example for Weekly Shonen Jump books currently being... um, um, in serialization right now, um, and I hope it's an example to some of the some to few of the long running mangas in Weekly Shonen Jump right now, 
um, as I look to One Piece and series of that uh, series of that length in Weekly Shonen Jump. Um, the stick to your guns. Um, and keep doing what and what works. You know, you know they. Obviously, the authors have the full discretion, and you know, and most of the time they know what what people want. Um, sometimes they have to sacrifice that for things that for different creative things, the things that they want to add for 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 different plot devices and, and things of that nature. Um, but the fans hold a lot of power. Readers hold a lot of power, and they know what they want. They know what's good. They know what entertains them. Um. So you know. It Promise Neverland is a caution story for a lot of authors and a lot of um, for for mangakas and for series out there right now, um, long or short. Um, and I hope we don't see. I hope I, I don't see something like this crystal clear decline in a series like this again. Uh, there are a few series, and I'm not I'm not going to talk about them here because this is a Promise Neverland thing. But there are some series out there right now that I've been reading that has also been declining in the last month, in the last six or five months, um, which isn't was is which isn't a uh, rare thing to see. It happens. Um, but once it gets to this five six month stage, where it kind of seems in that kind of weary, that kind of grayish area, where you're like, you know, I'm not really nothing exciting, no new energy, not stick, you know. I get a little worried. I do get a little worried. But I think that's another story for another episode. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, for hopping up on this episode of Weebcast, the number one anime and manga show all around with your host with the most C-dub. Hope you guys enjoyed this, this Promised Neverland episode. Share it with your friends and family, anyone who likes anime and manga and wants to hear some black kid talk about <laughs> online in a podcast format. Let them know. Tell them where you can find it. Tell them. Tell them how you're listening to it. Whether you're listening to Apple on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, whew, so many places you can listen to the Weebcast um, podcast, um, and all those links can be found. Whether on my Twitter, you can find them on my Twitter or my Twitter link where you can listen. Where you can listen to it right from Anchor as well or any other podcasting uh, site that they offer. Um, thank you for allowing my uh, my voice uh, into your ears, into your homes. I um, hope you guys have a lovely day. Also, I should add, before I, oh, before I leave, make sure you guys consider becoming a Weebcast supporter. And becoming a Weebcast supporter would, be, would help not only me, but the show greatly to improve um, in guests and quality. Um, you can easily by doing that by going to anchor.fm slash forward slash Weebcast forward slash support. Um, and by doing that, you can, you can, uh, donate however you much. You can donate a dollar, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, um, to the Weebcast, um, to support this show and improve this show to be greatly, 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 greatly appreciated. You will be shouted out on, t- on, on Weebcast as well. Um, you can plug whatever you want on the show. Um, just let me know if you do decide to become a supporter, let me know what you want plugged and I'll definitely do that for you. Not a problem. I'll sing the high heavens for you because uh, I love y'all that fucking much. 
Um, but yes, thank you for allowing my voices into your ears and into your homes. I will be seeing you guys next week um, with some cool things. I got a lot of cool shows lined up. I got a, like I said, next Friday, I got a guest um, from Ger- Germany. And we're going to be talking about one of my favorite shows of all time, um, Bacano. So be ready for that. Be ready for that conversation because that was a hell of a fun one to do. Great dude. Great show. What could be better than that? Um, I'm also going to be doing. Also got a um, Chris's, you know, you know, C-Dubs Manga Corner is coming back. Um, I don't know if I want to do that before next Friday. Or the, or the two or the next Friday after that, but I'm gonna be talking about some talking about some cool things. Um, I'm gonna be talking about some manga in the in the latest uh, magazine that you guys need probably would just want to check out. Some funny things. Most of it's funny. I will get that, but, but don't worry. I, I'll get all to that. Um, just be on the lookout for that. I got a Bakano episode. I got another manga corner episode coming up. Um, and also I, I'm going to be doing some more, I got some more, uh, just centric manga volume reviews as well. And if you got any recommendations or anime or manga, I should, you want me to, to watch and review, just hit me up on Twitter on twitter.com, um, forward slash J N of J X N M O R I. Um, hit me up there, but yes, it's been great. Lo- lovely talking to you guys. Um, we shall meet again. This is your boy C Dub, and I'm and I'm out of the thousand.